Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this lovely evening. We thank you because you are a faithful God. When things are tough, you are still faithful. When things are good, you remain faithful. When we are faithless, you remain faithful. Help us, O Lord, to see the faithfulness of your word and to believe you and to put our trust in you at all times. We ask this in Christ's name. Amen. Good evening, everybody. Good evening. Um, it's good to see a lot of people here tonight, and it's good to hear us singing out to the praise of God Almighty. Uh, in this room tonight, uh, nobody really looks like me, except my family, who, <laughs> in terms of color, will look the same. But when you think about our character, it is different. Some years ago, um, my dad and my mom visited Belfast. And when they were coming to Belfast, I was on my way to Nigeria. So they arrived Belfast, and uh, I think they were just about two weeks in Belfast. Then I returned back to Belfast. I met my dad, and the first thing he told me is this. He said, George. Well, he'll call me with my African name, but just make it simple. So he called me, Benga, I said, yes, daddy. He said, I was having a walk on Raven Hill Road one day, and an African man stopped me. He's not from Nigeria, he's from Zimbabwe. And he said, do you know George? There is a band called George in St. Jude's. <laughs> and my, my dad said, yes, I know him, he's my son. And he said, oh, that is great, because when I saw you, you look very much alike. You and George look very much alike. My dad doesn't have hair, so it's the same way we cut our hair, because we are both bad. <laughs> but that story is different from what we have in the Bible that we read tonight. In verse 19 of Colossians chapter 1, the Bible says, For in him all the fullness of God was pleased to dwell. Jesus is the image of God. Colossians, or the, or the Bible, is telling us that when you see Jesus, you have seen God. It's not the same thing with me and my dad. Because we look alike, but our character is different. When you see me, you have only seen the physical nature of my dad. We are different in so many ways. But today, we're going to consider something great, something very important about the supremacy of Christ. Last Sunday, we learned that in Christian life, the way in is the way on. We learned that fullness is only found in Christ. And all we need to grow is to be in Christ. Jesus is all we need as we make a fresh start in this new year. And this raises a question as we consider tonight the supremacy of Christ. Why is Jesus so important? Jesus is so important because he's the firstborn of both the old and the new creation. And that leads me to my first point tonight. The firstborn of all creation. You find it in verse 15 to verse 20. 
The Bible says he is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn of all creation, verse 15. I'm not the firstborn in my family. We are five in my family, three children, mom and dad. I'm in the middle, but I'm the first male child. And in African culture, the first male child is like the here in the family. I enjoy that whenever my mom makes me to realize when you speak, we all listen. <laughs> and look at it, Jesus, according to the uh, Jewish culture, this is something that resonates very well with them. They know exactly what it means to be the heir of a family, the firstborn of all creation. The Bible says that is Jesus. In the Old Testament, a firstborn son was the principal heir of an estate. And as regards Jesus, this time is used to show his supremacy over all things. Jesus is supreme over all things. The first male child or the firstborn, if it's a male, always carry the name of the family on. Because whenever the woman marries, if you have a woman as your first child, in Jewish culture or in Nigerian culture, the woman drops their family name when they get married and they pick up their husband's family name. In modern times, there is some controversy about this. And things are changing very, very rapidly, quickly. People are now adopting a compound surname. They keep their own name and then they adopt their family, I mean their husband name, and merge it together. But at Jesus' time, the culture was different. And the use of this word, the firstborn, by Paul in his letter, convey a meaning of who Jesus is to his reader. Verse 15, like I read, as I read the other time, tells us that he is the firstborn of all creation. He is the image of the invisible God. And in fact, he is God. Why? Because verse 16 says, For by him all things were created in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities. All things were created through him and for him. If this is true, then he rules supreme over all things. He is in charge of all that he created. If you know the man in charge of a business, you might want to consider working to him directly. If you know the doctor who understands your problem, you might want to consider to seek his help. You won't bother to look elsewhere. And that is exactly what Paul is trying to teach the people in Colossae. That when you know Jesus, when you have Jesus, you don't need to add anything to him. You don't need to look elsewhere. If you understand that Jesus is the answer to all human needs and is the answer to all life question, I think what is right for us to do is to turn to him, accept his supremacy, and we should stop looking elsewhere. 
Paul, in his letter, makes us to see that Jesus is not only the firstborn of first creation. It makes us to understand that it wasn't just the man that was there when it all started. The Bible says he is the firstborn of the new creation. Because when you read the Bible from the start, from Genesis, you read about the creation story. And if you continue on, you might say, well, if Jesus is there or was there when it all started, maybe it all ended when he died. No. Paul makes us to see that he is also the firstborn of the new creation. See with me in verse 18. Paul started this verse by telling us, He is the head of the body. Paul started by saying he is the head of the body. But I want to uh, make it clear to us tonight that Paul was not talking about the physical body, but the body of Christ, which is the church. It's you and I. And if God, if Jesus is the head of the body, it raises a challenging question for us. Do you and I accept Jesus as our head, the one who controls how we live our life? Many times we respond by saying, no one can tell me how to live my life. But the Lord is saying, We should not live our life our own way, but in the way of Christ. In the way of Christ that knows all things. In the way of Christ who created all things from the beginning. In the way of Christ who is in charge of all things. Don't forget, verse 16 says, all things were created by him, through him, for him, And he holds all things together. That explains exactly what supremacy is all about. All things were created by him. They were created through him. And they were created for him. So you and I were created for God, for him, for his glory. And he holds all things together. As you probably can tell, I love cars. Today, after the morning service at Warrenstown, I was going to my car and I saw a lady in a Jaguar. And I turned and I looked. Wow, this is class. I remember going to visit Brian one day, one night, and I saw a blue Jaguar parked in front of his car, new model. I went in and I said, Brian, is that yours? (laughs) He said, no, George, but look, it belongs to this man here who is visiting. But I can talk to him. He will give you a lift home in his Jaguar. I had a ride in that Jaguar. I love it. (laughs) I've used some cars, and the one I'm using presently is not Jaguar, okay? (laughs) Technical problem can cause your car to misbehave. For those who are familiar with car, this can be solved by good technicians. But one problem you don't want to have in your car is the problem in the brain box. 
it is central. The brain bus is central to many functions in your car. The same thing with our physical brain. It controls all our body system, and it is located in the head. If the brain is dead, medically, the whole body is dead. This therefore tells us how important we need the head, but for the church, for you and I, the central control system is and should always be Christ. It should be the one that controls my life and your life. It should be the one that controls how we live. Jesus is the brain in the head that holds all things together. That is just a simple way of explaining his supremacy. It controls everything. You can't live your life anymore the way you want to live it. You have to live your life in the way of Christ. Jesus is the firstborn of the first creation. He is the beginning and also is the firstborn of the new creation. We see that in the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. Very soon it's going to be Ash Wednesday. It's going to be Lenten period and we get into Easter time. Jesus' resurrection was what Paul referred to in verse 18 from the Bible test we read. This is the basis of Christian faith. Because if Christ has not risen from the dead, our preaching is futile. Our faith is useless. All this about being the firstborn of all things happened so that he might take preeminence in everything. He is the first in all things. Verse 18. He is the first in all things. He is the first to rise, to rise back from the dead. He is the firstborn of the resurrection. The time is coming. Paul made this clear in 1 Corinthians chapter 15 about the resurrection of the dead. He explained to us that if we die in Christ, we will also rise in him. Because his resurrection has opened the gate. For us to rise again and live eternally with God. Talking about the hope which we talked about or which Paul talked about in the first chapter of Colossians. Paul said, if you want to know who God is, don't look far away. Why? Because God has called all his fullness to be in Christ Jesus. Verse 19, that is where I started from. He has called all his fullness to be in Christ Jesus. And through Jesus, we have been brought to a living hope. The hope of eternal life with God in heaven. The hope that Paul reflected upon in verse 5. Paul was thankful to God for the people living in Colossae. He was thankful about, thankful about the people's faith and love for the saints, which is because of the hope laid up for them in heaven. Do you see that in verse 5? You and I have this hope through the death of Jesus on the cross, a way by which we were reconciled back to God. 
Jesus is the way in. Don't forget. And Jesus is the way on. The way of the cross is the way on to salvation. And in verse 20, just as it tells us, Jesus' death has reconciled all things back to God, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by his blood of his cross. After getting the understanding of all this about who Jesus is, after the understanding of God by looking into Jesus, who is the perfect image of God, after getting the understanding of God having his fullness in Christ, that he has put everything about himself in him, and having got the understanding that if we know Jesus, we don't need anything to be added to it. Then we need to see what is in verse 21 to 23. As sinners, we are saved by a great Savior. Yet, the, verse, the couple of verses between 21 and 23 does not mean that all people on earth will be saved. Somebody was asking me sometimes ago, George, is it not possible for everybody to be saved? Are you sure not everybody will be saved? We've read about the reconciliation of everything created back to God, done by God, by his death. Yes, he died for all sinners. So, we can ask the same question. Does it mean his death is in vain? Does that mean not everybody will be saved? Can I tell you tonight that not everybody will be saved? The fact that he has reconciled everything back to God doesn't mean that everybody will be saved. It is only those who understand that the way in is Christ. And the way to continue to grow is also Christ. According to verse 23, the Bible says, If indeed you continue in the faith, stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that you had, which has been proclaimed in all creation. That is the visa. It is one thing to know the Lord. It is another thing to put your faith in him. Then it is all different ballgame to grow in Christ, to continue in him. Some of us have received the faith when we were very young. I remember when I was young, I was going to the Sunday school, and I learned a lot about God, about Jesus, reading through the Bible. But I've got some of my mates who has dropped off along the journey of faith. But I continue to think about what Jesus means, what God means for me. Sometimes I fail like anybody. But because I want to grow in the Lord, I continually seek his help. This is what Paul is referring to, that we must continue in the faith. And we must try everything possible to remain stable and steadfast, not shifting from the hope of the gospel that we had. 
which has been proclaimed in all creation. The way in is the way on. If Jesus is the way in, Jesus is also the way on. And finally, I come to my second point and my final, my final point. After we have known who Christ is and how great our God is, we need to ask a question. What should be our response to all these that we've had tonight? From this test of the Bible, our first response, since we have known that God's way is in Christ Jesus, that he is the image of God, he is the God of all creation, if you believe this, then every sphere of your life, of my life, should proclaim Christ. That should be our first response. We should be the best for Christ. If you're a teacher, you should be the best for him in your teaching profession. If you're a nurse, be the best for him in looking after people. Whoever you are, whatever you are, it should be for him, for the Lord, to him alone. Because in him alone, our hope is found. I'm looking forward to that song, which we're going to sing soon. In Christ alone, my hope is found. Everything is in him. So if I find Jesus, I find everything. If I find Jesus, I don't need any other thing added to him. Because he is the fullness of everything. He rules supreme over the creation. He is the firstborn of the old creation and the firstborn of the new creation. He brings me the hope of eternal life in heaven. And our second response to this fact about the supremacy of Christ is for us to be thankful. If we know that we have a big, big God, a wonderful God, we need to be thankful for what we have, for who we have. What a mighty God we have. What a faithful God we have. What a glorious God we have. Brothers and sisters, if you have got Jesus, you have got everything. If you have got the man who is supreme over all things, then you need not look for something more. Instead, let us remain thankful for the Lord that we have. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for your word. We bless you because you are good to us. We thank you because we understand today that the fullness of Christ, the fullness of God is in Christ Jesus. We see how wonderful you are. We see how mighty you are. We see that you are the firstborn of all creation. That you bring everything together. Everything was created through you, by you, for you, and you hold all things together. Help us, O oh Lord, not to look elsewhere. Help us, O oh Lord not to think about what we can add to you. Because when we have you, we have all. For we ask this in Christ's name. Amen.